Thank you. Uh, thanks for that introduction. Uh, I'll have him follow me around for the rest of my life. Uh, that was pretty pretty good. Um, I just want to just uh, thank everybody for the opportunity. I want to thank our lead pastors and our eldership for uh, believing in me uh, to come up here and deliver a word today from the Holy Spirit. And uh, like uh, Pastor Craig said, I, ha I have the absolute privilege uh, to be the Heart Kids director here. And many of you, I get to work with your kids uh, week in and week out. And it is just an absolute blessing. And then for those of you that don't know, this is my beautiful wife, Cassie. Now, I, I, she said I couldn't say smoking hot from the stage, so I called her beautiful instead. Um, she's my uh, absolute red line. And if you have this much energy, you have to have a red line or you're going over the top. And she's my red line, my Holy Spirit number two. And I just love her so much. And Cassie and I are... Uh, we're just so happy to have family here today. We have ha family here from Nampa, Idaho, family here from Spokane, Washington, and so uh, just happy that they're here. We also have some family online uh, that couldn't make the trip down, and we're just blessed uh, that they're here as well. So um, I want to get this uh, started here, and uh, here we go. So... I do have to say that it's an absolute honor to be on this stage, and it is definitely something that I do not take lightly. It comes with a heavy weight when the Lord puts an assignment on your heart to preach about. And so when they asked me, they said, Jason, do you want to preach? I was like, yes. And then they were like, and we're going to have you preach on money. I was like, no problem. <laughs> I mean, Cassie and I, we never argue about money. The uh, truth is, Cassie and I are on the exact same page when it comes to money because neither one of us have any, <laughs> you know? Seriously, though, Cassie and I try to live our marriage within a spirit of generosity. See, we believe everything that we have is from God and that we're asked to steward what God has given us. And if you missed Pastor Craig's service last week on stewardship, it is a must-see for living in biblical principles. You see, Cassie and I believe that through our tithing and our offering and our charitable giving, we get the opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God. So before I go any further, the preaching team has um, asked us to read this statement. And the reason this statement is here is so that you can understand the heart behind this series that we're in. So we recognize that people have a lot of different views and opinions and memories about money. And we know it can be a touchy topic, especially people talking about it from the stage. <laughs> well, it has been almost four years since Heart of the City has done a message on finances. And so with that being said, it is a topic that impacts all of our lives. It's a topic that Jesus talked about, and it's a topic that we as shepherds, we feel responsible to teach about so that we can have the whole church can have and be equipped with a healthy, biblical relationship with money. So we've come to the conclusion that 
money matters. You see, money mattered to Jesus. 16 of his 38 parables were either on money or biblical possessions or stewardship. And so if money mattered to Jesus, let's make it matter to us. You see, with over 2,000 scriptures in the Bible, it is very clear that God talks about money. But it is important to note that God does not talk about money because he wants something from us. He talks about money because he has something for us. Now these different views and opinions and, and beliefs pertaining to money, they make up what I call our money mindset. Well today, we are going to challenge our money mindset. So I'd like to ask you, how is your money mindset impacting the way that you're leading your money? Or is your money leading you? See, our attitudes and our beliefs about money, they're shaped by our early experiences from our parents. We watch our parents, the behaviors we observed, or people close to you, and these become our money mindsets. And these money mindsets can take root, and they shape our thoughts, and they shape our attitudes and our opinions, not only about money, but about stewardship, about biblical living, and yeah, you heard me right. I did say a root, because money is the root of all evil. Or wait. That's actually not what the Bible says. You see, our verse today, if you want to open your Bibles, it'll also be up on the screen for you, is from 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. Notice that the verse doesn't stop there. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from their faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Oh, I love God's word. <laughs> and I am so thankful that we are at a church that teaches Bible. You see, what happens when we share a verse in part or we change the words or we leave out a word, we are changing God's truth. You see, and money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that is. It also says it's not the root, it's a root, and it's not even all kinds of, it's not even all evil, it's all kinds of evils. We better pray. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for your word, your wisdom. We thank you that you care about our finances, that you care about every part of our lives. Lord, I thank you for the assignment that you've put on my heart today. I ask that the Holy Spirit would speak through me in a powerful way, that it would land in people's hearts and people would be changed, not because of any words that I said, but because of the Holy Spirit. And that change would result in us growing closer to you. In Jesus' name, we all say, Amen. Money, mindsets. money mindsets. They're shaping our thoughts, which then 
shape our opinions. And then our opinions become our attitudes and our attitudes become our beliefs and our beliefs become our behaviors. And so I'm gonna ask you again, how is your money mindset impacting the way that you lead your money or are you allowing your money to lead you? See, my money mindset comes from my mom who happens to be the most generous person I've ever met. She would literally, I think she would literally take the shirt off her back and give it to somebody if they needed it. And she instilled in me a spirit of generosity. And I'm gonna be honest, as a single mom, we didn't have money growing up. But here's the thing though, we always had enough. We always had enough. Single mom raising three boys and we always had enough. You see, I got my first brand new coat when I was five years old. She could have bought something for herself. I was five, I wouldn't know the difference, but she didn't. And that is a tiny example of time after time after time. I watched her generosity pour out when we had no money. She would pour out and she still does it today. And I see my mom and I think of Philippians 2, 3, and it says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves because my mom chose. You see, it's a choice. Even when there's no money, it's a choice to be generous. It's a choice to love and not to allow any kind of evils take root. So thank you. So in turn, I try to mimic that generosity. And people will say to me, Jason, you're the most generous person I've met. And I say, nope, you haven't met my mom. See, we tried to raise our kids in a spirit of generosity. McKenna, my oldest daughter, every day she goes to work in social services to protect the most needy and vulnerable population. And Briley, my youngest daughter, at age 15 was serving in Haiti. And at age 16 was serving in Mexico, a spirit of generosity that Cassie and I try to strive for in our marriage. And yet, yet today, today each and every one of us, we must fight for that spirit. We must war for biblical principles of stewardship like Craig talked about last week. If we truly want to be investing in the kingdom of God, because we are morphing into a consumption society. I can get my phone out right now and I can order pretty much anything I can think of. And by the time I get to my cart, I'm gonna get three more advertisements of something else that I need. And I'll probably buy that too. And by the end of this sermon, I can have it delivered to my house. In fact, I can even change my address and probably have it delivered right there. And oh man, I am gonna feel so good. Money mindset number one. Money is our key to happiness you see, this becomes money worship. When we begin to think, or worse yet, 
feel like money and possessions is our key to happiness, we are allowing a root that can lead to all kinds of evils. When we start spending for the sake of spending and then the enemy comes in and he begins to lie to us and he says, you deserve that, that's yours, you get it, you buy it, you need it right now, but don't worry. They're gonna call it a cute name. They're gonna call it uh, retail therapy. (laughs) Participated in this? Heard of this? Here's the actual definition. Shopping to soothe or lift your mood. It is motivated by a desire to feel better rather than meet an actual need. This may also be referred to as comfort buying or stress shopping. (laughs) But wait. What if, what if each and every one of us decided to participate in giving therapy instead? Huh? Defined by Jason Lowry as (laughs) giving to soothe or lift your mood, it's actually motivated by a desire to help someone else and meet their needs. This may also be referred to as biblical living or storing your treasures in heaven. Here's the truth though. Here's the truth. We actually feel better when we give than when we receive. And my friends, that isn't Jason Lowry, that's Bible. Acts 20.35b says it is more blessed to give than to receive. And today we have our thanks giving offering. At the end of my sermon, we're going to have an opportunity to give to the near and the far. Can I say amen? So what is it? What is it that gets in our way of generous living when deep down inside we want to do it? We know that God created us this way and you can't outgive God, right? I think it's our money mindsets. It's our money mindsets that impact our ability to give generously and to invest in the kingdom of God. You see, I've always considered myself a generous person. My mom imparted that to me. And before I was called to work here at the heart, and yes, I did say called. If you've been called to something, sometimes it's God like in a still small voice. And then sometimes he like smacks you over the head with a hammer. This was hammer time. (laughs) So Cassie and I were actually visiting my family in Nampa when we heard, it was about two years ago, that the children's director position had opened up here at the heart. And we immediately prayed for the lead team and the elders over the house that they would, they would find somebody that would fit that position. And we get done praying. And Cassie says, Jason, I believe I heard from God and you're supposed to apply for that position. <laughs> and so I chuckled nervously and tried to sleep. <laughs> the next morning, my mom, who knows absolutely nothing about the position opening up, I come out in the living room and she says, Jason, I can see you in ministry someday soon. So I, I, I laugh a little bit more and then came the hammer. Later that day, I heard God say that I was supposed to apply for the position. And I said, but God, I can't afford to work at a church. 
And God said, but Jason, if it's your calling, you can't afford not to. (laughs) Money mindset number two, when we think we know what's best for our lives and for our money and that our plans are somehow better than God's plans, and then all of a sudden what happens is a root. A root becomes in and it can lead to all kinds of evil. But there's a little bit more to that. The second part of 1 Timothy 6.10 says a craving. It was a craving that wanders away. We wander away from our faith. And I was being pulled away from my faith when I thought I knew what was better for me. And faith Pastor J.O. talked about faith when we opened up this series, and he said that Abraham had faith way before it was a law. If you don't know, Abraham is like our father of faith. And Abraham, he had faith when he was willing to sacrifice Isaac to God as a burnt offering. Isaac, his son. Isaac, the promise. Let's get into Genesis here. Genesis 22, three through eight. Hopefully it'll be up here for you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took his two young men with him and his son, Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and he arose and went to the place which God had told him. Are we going to the place where God has told us? Verse four, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes. He saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to the young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and we will worship and we will come back to you. How about that faith? How about that faith? He knew he was gonna come back with his son. He believed he was gonna come back with his son, but there's something else. That is the first time in the Bible that we hear the word worship. And I wonder why? Because you cannot worship without a sacrifice. Can I get an amen? Amen. Verse six, and Abraham took the word of the burnt offering. He took the wood of the burnt offering. He laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to, and Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here am I, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So they both went, both of them together. And this is a spoiler alert. If you don't know, Isaac lives and God provides the burnt offering. And I'm gonna tell you, I don't know about you, but I want faith like that. I need faith like that. You see, Abraham's faith, it wasn't based on some law. I don't even think it was based on obedience. I believe it was based on a loving, trusting relationship with the father that is built on sacrifice and worship and 
and cost, and he knew that God would provide and I want to tell you something today. The Lord says that if you are willing to sacrifice, if you are willing to love, if you are willing to trust, God will provide. Amen. Amen. Well, God was working on my faith before I worked here at the heart. The company that I worked for was shutting down. And the money that I had been making for 19 years was coming to an end and me working up the ladder was starting over and the money was gone and through it all Cassie reminded me that we have a faithful father that will provide <laughs> and so we sacrificed and we sold the house in Meridian we sold the car and we sold the toys and we sacrificed and we worshiped and we had faith that God would provide so I applied for the children's director position here at the heart. And then Cassie and I prayed. We got down on our face and we seeked God and we asked for an answer. And we both heard a yes that I was supposed to accept the position. But then my flesh came in. And my flesh came in and says, but God, I need a job with higher pay. I'm the provider for this family. God said, but Jason, that's not your job, it's mine. And it's definitely not your identity, which is mindset number three, money mindset number three. When we think our identity is in our money, that I'm the provider and I'm the breadwinner and I'm the source for this family, when my friends, God is the one and only true source, so we begin to think that, that our self-worth and, and our identity is tied into our money and our status. And it's not because this faulty thinking is going to lead to a root of all kinds of evils. But there's more because this is where we see that last part of 1 Timothy 6.10 really take hold. We begin to pierce ourselves with many pangs. We work harder, we try to make more money, and we spend less time with our family and less time at home, and we're working and we're striving to make more money, and now I'm in the wrong biblical order, and I'm not putting my family in front of my work. And I'm gonna tell you the Lord your God comes to us today and he says your identity is not in your money, says the Lord. It is not in the clothes you wear. It is not in the shoes on your feet or the car you drive or the house you live in or the neighborhood you live in. I'm gonna tell you, you are a son of God, says the Lord. You are a daughter of the Most High. Amen. Well, there are a lot of money mindsets out there, but God has put an assignment on my heart and there is one more that I must talk about today. Money mindset number four is money avoidance. We are not gonna talk about money, <laughs> not in this family, 
I'm definitely not gonna talk about money with my spouse. I'm not gonna talk about money with my kids or my fiance. We're just gonna avoid that topic. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, I am so thankful that we are in a house that is willing to talk about the hard things and is willing to talk about money. I am so thankful for that. But see, money's bad. <laughs> You're right, it's a no. <laughs> money's good. Maybe. Here's the truth is money isn't good or bad. It is 100% dependent on the person that's holding on to the money, whether it is used for good or bad. The ILO, that is the International Labor Organization, estimated that forced labor generates 150 billion dollars globally every year. And if that doesn't shock you, human trafficking is estimated at 32 billion dollars a year. And the porn industry, I want you to catch this, the porn industry generates more income than the combined revenue of CBS, ABC, and NBC. And if that doesn't shock you, I've got one more for you. The porn industry generates more combined revenue than the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball combined. Billions and billions of dollars. Imagine it invested in the kingdom of God and we could visit orphans and widows in their affliction, James 1.27. We could be generous to the poor, Proverbs 19.17. We could carry out the great commission in Matthew 28.16 through 20. And then we could hear Jesus say in Matthew 25.36, I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me and I was in prison and you came to me. Now my friends, I'm not saying we're not doing it now, but what I am saying is how much more? Because we see this drastic comparison of oppression and mistreatment versus justice and protection, all in the way we choose to lead our money. Because you see, when we lead our money and we love God with all our heart and all our soul, money is such a great follower. But on the other hand, money is an awful leader. And I'm going to tell you the formula is quite simple and Cassie and I, we don't even do math at our house. But here's the formula. If you live right, you give right. And hey guys, that's not Jason Lowry. That is Bible. Hebrews 7, 1 and 2 says this, and it shows us right living. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And to him, Abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything. Now catch this. 
Melchizedek. He is first by translation of his name, king of righteousness. And then, and then he is also king of Salem. That is king of peace. Notice the order. Righteousness comes before peace. When we're living right, we have peace. When we live right, we give right. But God doesn't stop there. When we live right and we give right, we get peace in our finances. We get peace in our hearts. We get peace in our mindset. And you know what's great about a money mindset is you have the ability to change your mindset. It's in the Bible, Romans 12, 2a. Don't be conformed to this world, but by, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I'm gonna tell you, God wants to renew some minds today. He wants to renew some money mindsets right here today. Can I get an amen? You see, our money mindset comes from our past. And we can get stuck in our past. And isn't that exactly where Satan wants you to be? Stuck in your past, telling that you can't budget, that you, you can't do that, or don't let anybody tell you how to spend your money. I got a word for you. The next time that the enemy comes to you and reminds you of your past, why don't you remind him of his future? Did you guys catch that over there? The next time Satan tries to tell you about your past, you remind Satan about his future because I got another spoiler alert for you. We get streets of gold. He gets fire and brimstone and torment forever and ever. Amen. And why? <laughs> because we chose Jesus. Or maybe better said, Jesus chose us. <laughs> My friend, that's why. You see, that is why 1 Timothy 6.10 says a root, because it's not the root, because he is the root, the root of Jesus Christ. That is the root. Isaiah 11:10, for that in that day, the root of Jesse, or Jesus' own words in Revelation 22:16, I am the root and the descendant of David. And I don't know about you. I don't want to be connected to a root. I want to be connected to the root. Well, as you can see, I took the position here at the heart. <laughs> and Cassie and I believe it was not just a good decision, but it was a God decision. And I'm gonna tell you to be a part of this house and this family and this church is an absolute blessing from the Lord because this is a generous house. And if you've been here for any time at all, you've heard Pastor Ray Dean say, let generosity be the boss of me. And two weeks ago, Seth stole my line and he said, that's not just some catchy phrase, but guess what? 
He's exactly right. It is a money mindset, spirit, a generosity that rests on this house. I see it through our lead pastors. I see it through my teammates and the staff here at the church. I see it through the elders that oversee our house. I see it in your kids faces week in and week out. You parents are transforming your kids in a spirit of generosity. I see it. It's a blessing from the Lord. So now what? Well, I would like to end where I started today. I came to challenge our money mindsets. I came to challenge the way that we lead our money. One of our church elders, Bobby Carmody, and one of my mentors has an anointing in leadership and he imparts leadership wisdom in this house. Some of the things he says is that we are to lead exactly where we're called to lead. And we are to lead through vision and integrity and honor and humility. Well, guess what? God calls us to lead our money. And I don't know about you, but today I, and the rest of my life, I wanna lead my money with vision and have a biblical plan and purpose for my money. I want to lead it with integrity that is righteous spending and stewardship and biblical principles. I want to lead my money with honor. I want righteous spending that leads to peace and glorifies the kingdom of God. And I want to lead with humility, knowing that God is control of everything, including our money, and we trust in his provision. Because my friends, through this calling that God has called us, there is no more craving, and there is no more piercing. There is only being connected to the root of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen?